opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any dissent whatsoever. We know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda. Printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that sort of hard left wing position. Hard left, the 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 we all watch some of his more recent stuff, I think. Yeah, yeah, and and some older stuff because I oh, like yeah. it more. Yeah, yeah, I think his older stuff <laughs> is, on average, better. So lit. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I wouldn't but say his funny, recent yeah. stuff is being bad per se, oh, yeah, but yeah. it's been less you. It felt it's felt less unique, less interesting. I don't, uh, yeah, I feel like it used, saying- it used to be like. Pretty much any documentary he did would be almost an automatic watch, and very occasionally they'd yeah. be a bit boring. But you'd often have a subject you weren't particularly interested in. He'd make a good documentary on it, and it's not now. It's you more always just have a like, cool angle. Yeah. Now it's a bit more like, do you think that's going to be an interesting subject for a documentary to decide whether to watch it or not? Yeah, and there are still moments yeah. of that, but yeah. then. I did feel like, especially, uh, we all watched the alt right one. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I felt like that one in particular was like, there's so much content out there on YouTube mm. or even in the MSM about Nazis, like debunking Nazis, debating Nazis, interviewing Nazis. Yeah. It just felt like that's a very, very oversaturated market. And Louis used to <laughs> kind of have a corner on that years and years ago, yep. but now he's yeah, just one exactly. of many people. Like I that think, came out in 2022, and it's yeah, it, it's like you know, it's like, hey guys, it's 2022. Have you heard of these these new guys called the alt right? <laughs> it's like big big fucking news, and it's like you see some shit about like the Charlottesville Unite the Right fascist rally and stuff. Like, yeah. and it's like you know, there's been a million things about that, and there's like some individual good and funny moments in uh, that extreme oh, yeah. and online yeah. thing. But at the same time, it's like it's like I feel like it was seen as more of a fun interesting frivolous thing to go and talk to all these like mad right-wingers and racists back in louis heyday of the 90s and early 2000s when these people were more on the fringes yes and like we say there's been so much oversaturation with these people in recent years because they've kind of they intersected with the trump movement which happened to you know take control of the fucking leadership of the free world you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, yeah. you know, that stuff has lost its novelty. And I think almost like the received wisdom among liberals and the left and kind of decent people is like, it's not as interesting to go off and talk to these people. I think over the last 10 years or so, this has been especially the case, like, because yeah. they're fucking, they're doing pretty well and they're pretty well exposed and we know about them anyway. For me, I think the more interesting angle to take when he's done documentaries on this subject before and it's become a lot more mainstream since would be to sort of go for people more on the cusp of responsibility. You know, you're sort of your American equivalent of the young briefcase types because certainly, <laughs> certainly the Republican Party is starting to really have a pipeline 
pipeline going of alt-right junior staffers <laughs> in all their yeah. politicians' offices, and it's causing problems, and it obviously will cause much bigger problems later on if, if they actually are getting people elected. And The GOP is in an interesting kind of bind of its own creation, where it's pushed this culture wars stuff so hard that you're seeing with people like DeSantis, for instance, uh, that like when they actually start delivering on that culture wars in a really serious targeted way that a lot of the people like do just start going like that's it's kind of gross i don't yeah. i don't really want this result i like it yeah. when you say the t-slur i like it when you tell talk about them indoctrinating our children i don't like it when you actually like go after disney for daring yeah. to you know like that's the standard republican thing but they've pushed the culture war so much, they're starting to buy into their own It would be a huge uh, climb down if they didn't the... fight all these battles, even though some of them are harming them, as you say. Yeah. And where do you go think... from there? You can only really go further or just, crash just, and burn. Just, just for British or listeners both. not appraised of American culture, the tea slur that Yair refers to is the woman with the big tits who had huge tits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the tea slur is tea for the kinks. <laughs> in America, no. you can't say tea as in like the drink. It's ever since we dumped it into yeah. the ocean, you know, That's so you got to call it tea, like the letter T. Yeah. yeah. Just, just coming back briefly, I think what you both touched on there with it not being perhaps quite as impactful because it's a subject he's covered before, part of it is that Louis Theroux's technique hasn't hugely changed over the years in how he gets people to open up and maybe reveal more than they planned on in his documentaries. But I think what you both were saying that there's been a lot of coverage of the alt right and a lot of other people making documentaries about it, challenging it from the left or even from the centre and so on, and a lot more exposure for these people now. Is that most of the people he covered were like quite savvy with how to talk to interviewers mm, or yeah. journalists that aren't on the yeah. same political page as them. Apart so you from can see they sort beardy of... McBeard face oh, yeah. who comes yeah. across as an even bigger freak than the others. Yeah. But they all yes. start they, they all sort of start <laughs> trying to be like, hey, I'm the friendly face of the alt right. I'm just I'm just doing memes and having a laugh online with my friends. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm not political. I'm a gamer, yeah. bro. Yeah. And then <laughs> as soon as he starts basically saying look I still don't agree with you. What about this? Does, how does this fit with what you said? Or here's a here's an embarrassing quote you said a few months ago. They just open up with like, Oh, you biased liberal journalist with your agenda <laughs> and then basically shouting they have their o- o- over Louis through to because obviously they were all filming it as well. Uh, that's the thing when it's like streamers yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. this sort of thing, streamers and podcasters, and they were all filming it as well. So they're just sort is of it shouting like over Scientology. Him, like, oh, Louis says really this, too. but yeah. actually, he's just a, a, a biased lib trying to get me cancelled and all this. Like the only one that that didn't really apply to was that woman who basically had fallen out with all the other alt-right people because they were, like, yeah. rabid... Shockingly misogynistic. misogynistic. Yeah, yeah, it turns out that Nick Fuentes yeah. actually doesn't think that women should have a vote. He wasn't yeah. just joking about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, no, no, he's, like, he's actually off his like, fucking so head. <laughs> but surely you think that, you know, you're just joking about that. And he's like, yeah, I'm just joking about that. Although it is what I also think. Although, you know, well, yeah, I'm a traditional <laughs> guy. I'm a conservative. <laughs> Agree, and that's fine. 
It's like how I joke that Mao is right about landlords, you know. You joke. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, yeah we, we, we all like to <laughs> joke about that. <laughs> 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 Very funny. I was saying, like, most of my favorite Louis Theroux documentaries are the ones where he just talks to mad racist yeah. right-wingers. Some, some, of, his, well, yeah, some well, of his very best early work was that, you know, the mad South African white supremacists. And, and, yeah. and yeah, that's one of the all-time so greats. So. I was thinking those are great <laughs> points just of made, comparison he just, because, like, the South African He just one... keeps running into multiple Nazi war criminals <laughs> oh, in yeah. South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, most most people outside of South Africa are not terribly familiar with South Africa, so yeah. by exposing the fascists down there, he was really like bringing attention to something that was very extreme yeah. and that people might not know existed still. But by going to these alt-right people, it's like, yeah, you say, they're mainstream. Everybody knows about these people. There's nothing new you're really saying. This, I think, is why quite a high percentage of his work in recent years has been in America rather than in Britain. I think it always was, though, because he no, started off doing Michael Moore's he, he, TV He Nation. did a lot in America early on, but then he had a good run of doing quite a lot of stuff in the UK between his celebrity yeah. interviews and he did some... A Jimmy yeah, Savile, he, yeah, he yeah. also did some Louis Theroux-style typical documentaries set in Britain or like British issues or European ones. But I think the issue well, is... all his like, American ones are for the BBC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. His... No, I, I mean more about where he does them is because... In Britain, he's famous, and it's presumably much harder for him to do his, his usual shtick of, hey, I'm just an open-minded guy talking to you, tell me about what you believe. People in Britain yeah. are much more likely to know or have someone in the household who knows what the documentaries turn out like. Relatedly, the mainstreaming of the internet, I think, has kind of damaged him, because yes. now you notice everyone just yes. Googles him, and it's like, oh, that you're that BBC guy. I think there's still some... <laughs> fertile ground to do work in america or any other country where he's not particularly famous but you probably yeah. need to avoid subjects who are extremely online because yes. for example yeah, yeah, because there, there, there's documentaries right where they google his name and they're like oh fucking louis Fury, you're that guy who like talks to fucking freaks with that said it's, it's still impressive how many of them are like yes I'm the one he wants to give an honest hearing. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'll Google him, they'll see that, and then they'll also see what sort of worked and what hasn't in terms of trying to shut him down, you know, who he's got the best results from. If you're an extremely online alt-right streamer who makes all your money off the internet and off other people who are deeply online and irony poisoned, you're going to be able to do your research on the journalist if you want to. That any of them don't yeah, but is one kind way of in which, on their intelligence. One way in which every documentary is somewhat a construct is that being the subject of something changes your relationship with whatever the documentary is depicting. So people present themselves in a certain way that they would otherwise. So that's I'm kind of camera, an innate I'm tension of I'm documentary. To present myself a certain filmmaking. way, yeah. Yeah, and that's always been something that Luther has always focused on. You know, for example, I tried to track down on YouTube a couple of his shorts for Michael Moore's TV Nation in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And one of them was he talks to this guy who John Ronson also interviewed. Must have The late 90s, early 2000s must have just been like this furious war between <laughs> Theroux and Ronson. That between be, like who could interview the biggest freaks first. That would be a genuinely, genuinely first. mockumentary, like those two fucking like, <laughs> hating each other. And constantly trying to outdo each other. Louis calling him up. John's like, "Hi, Louis." And Louis's like, "Hey, John. Uh, I've just, uh, I've just got the 
head of the clan. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and he's like, you fucking bastard, Louis. Oh, head of the clan? Oh, I'll, fucking... uh, I'll tell Alex Jones you were speaking to him while I'm recording in the studio. Yeah, my, friend, yeah. my friend Alex. No, to be fair, John Ronson yeah, no, yeah, I know. did interview um, the same head of the clan as Theroux did in Michael Moore's TV Nation. Like He talks about guy Thomas Robb, who he was all about like, I don't know if he's still the head of the clan, but he was all about making the clan presentable. Yeah. He was like the Blair of the clan. <laughs> he was about like taking the clan into the 90s and using modern advertising techniques. New clan, basically. Yeah. I think that might, that was even what John Ronson's. I never thought about that. Maybe John Ronson was explicitly comparing them to New Labour when he called that chapter New Clan in his, <laughs> uh, in his book then. Yeah. But yeah, Tom Blair, Tom Robb, rather. He, John Robb, So yeah. he's like all like, he talks to Louis, and well, he says much for saying to John Ronson. He's like, I don't hate anyone. I, I just love white people yeah. a lot. And there's this one bit where Louis cuts in all these quotes from him with him speaking at rallies in front of big Confederate flags doing Sikh Heils and saying terrible racial stuff or him refusing to talk to an interviewer because he's Jewish. Yeah. Literally, Louis has a clip where, he, where he's saying to Louis, like, look, I don't go down the street looking at people saying, that's a Jew, that's not a Jew, that's not a Jew. I'm just not about that. And then they cut to him, like, with this uh, <laughs> this reporter, like, you're a Jew, you're a Jew, I won't talk to you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, another one of my favourite Lou through documentaries, Louis and the Ultra Zionists, speaking of oh, man yeah. rights and like racists. Like the settlers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, oh. that, that's a crazy one. We'll t- yeah. talk about that in a minute, though, because that's the point I was trying to make, I guess, that Louis loves to focus on, like, how these people try and present themselves yes. in his documentaries. He's aware that that is an integral part of the medium. I think, yeah, um, a, a lot of the relative successes of the alt-right documentary, which, again, I thought was very average overall, was almost sort of what it was hinting at without saying. I think it probably works better having also seen as you mentioned his previous documentaries on the american far right and be able to compare the tactics and see the commonalities as well as the change because as you mentioned there there's a focus all along with like the white man on the defensive and trying to be like white man under threat and you could obviously see they were going really hard on that but i think you could see as well how the smarter far right bastards were basically doing stuff like finding an insecurity and a fear of their potential audience and just hammering and hammering and hammering away at it. Like, for example, mm. you know, you the white man are under threat and you've got to hate who you are, but actually you're struggling. You know, there's probably more fertile ground in recent years because everyone's living standards have taken a bit of a hammer in yeah. uh, through all sorts of factors and then COVID in the middle of that as well. And then, again, when you this sort of online alt-right community... It shows a weakness as well because they're doing the same thing really with that misogynist angle they mostly take. They know that a lot of their audience are shutting teenagers from 4chan or Reddit or what have you who haven't really got much going on and get most of their social contact from watching these right-wing streamers. Yeah. So they're hammering away at like, women aren't shit, you know, women are there to serve you. And, you know, we well, should, fi- we yeah. should fix things by making sure everyone's got access to women and all this shit. But Western actually, capitalism that, that used to have a pretty uh, yeah. sweet deal for men in some ways. Yeah. Like, yeah, you get oppressed by your boss, but you get paid enough to be the king of your yeah. little castle at home. Exactly, and you, over you've your got your own personal fiefdom to go and now to they don't every have day. Yeah. But they kind of fucked up and put a limit on their own success by doing that. Because you see that, for example, as that started to filter into 
mainstream politics with the repeal of Roe versus Wade and the, yeah. the, the general sort of people don't extreme like harassment of, of people <laughs> getting or considering trying to get abortions in a lot of red states that that is proving already toxic at the ballot box. And the reasons are mm-hmm. obvious, is that fucking 50% of the voters are women. And obviously some of them will yeah. be conservative and have conservative uh, pro-life, get abortions pro-life too. views, yeah. but there are limits to how many women you're ever going to convince that mm-hmm. the state having that sort of control over their bodies is not an insane position. What are some of the notable moments in the Louis Altwright documentary? Because I can think of when that Beardo guy, uh, Beardo is like a white comedy rapper from the uh, 2000s yeah. or whatever, but like Beardy McBeardo, whatever the fuck he's yeah. called. He, like, he sounds like he a Graham like... Linehan insult, you know, really ineffectual insult that Graham <laughs> Linehan's trying and to throw at like, someone yeah. who's eviscerated him for his divorce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He fucking he's the guy who's like, I'm I'm a gamer. I'm not political. He's just like good friends with Nick Fuentes. And his whole thing is like, there's a video of him giving a Nazi yeah. salute at the Charlottesville rally yeah. in the back and of the a car. Fo- and a photo and then, of him also uh, doing a... Ten seconds later, doing another one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Luther is just like, can we watch the video? He's like, yeah. And Luther is like, look, you're doing a Nazi salute. He's like, no. Incidentally, I just watched that clan thing he did for the TV Nation thing, and the fucking the son of Thomas Robb right. in that is like, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm not doing a Nazi salute in that picture. It's a Roman salute, yeah. and that's exactly what this fucking guy says. This seems to be their right. stock line, and it's like. Bro, I've seen the other Louis Theroux documentaries. You're not convinced. It's funny because, yeah. like, where yeah, did the Roman Nazi salute, salute come bullshit. from? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> All these yeah things exactly. Show how directly the alt right, the modern far right, if you want to call it that, is a direct outgrowth of the American far right over the last 20, 30 years. Like, it's not oh, yeah. really a new thing. It's just slightly no. changed framing and how they communicate it to people. It's like, become more mainstream. Like but the it's leaders the of the shit. movement, the, the people who are getting the message out to a lot of people, would absolutely have had those views 10 years, 20 years earlier mm-hmm. and would still be communicating mm. them. They might have a Paul Joseph Watson sub role on InfoWars or something like that. They might have been writing for the Ron Paul newsletters, the Ron Paul Freedom Report or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But these strands have always been there and there have always been people trying to break it into mainstream politics. At the risk of sounding like a boomer, internet. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's internet. it's all the internet yes. bl- allowing these fringe things to become mainstream, <laughs> yeah. combined with the fact that reactionary takes are just so much more easily digestible and have so many other systemic advantages over mm. proper, well thought out leftist takes. The downside so being, they spread like wildfire. When yeah. they fuck up, it's also caught in 4K. It's out there forever, yeah. <laughs> and hence Louis Theroux. But they don't care. Nazis Louis don't really wasn't care because to... they're not consistent. Yeah, that guy cared. Beardo yeah. fucking oh, yeah. cared. He, he was cared. like, get the fuck oh, yeah, out of my house. Louis like we're not in my house. He was so fragile. Your house was amazing. And he was the one who did that the the video where he was addressing that conservative woman who got disillusioned with the movement. He was like, "I'm a fucking great." And he didn't seem so tough next to fucking Louis Theroux. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I mean, most intimidating man in the world had him. Oh fuck, (laughs) leave me alone, bro. But like, yeah, I know he dealt with Louis a bit better. That fucking baked Alaska creep. Now he, he went he, mental he in the end. He just lost what his really shit. really freaked him out. Obviously, he was pushing back against Louis at all sorts of points. But what really freaked him out was being 
confronted with his own quotes yeah. from the brief period <laughs> where he was distancing himself from the alt-right. And obviously why <laughs> yeah. he was distancing himself with the alt-right is there'd been a particularly horrendous mass shooting in 2019 where the yeah. guy was clearly a super online alt-right meme lord sort of guy. So all Yeah, he was like, I read his manifesto. I, I wrote his manifesto. <laughs> but... <laughs> The thing, it also shows as well the idea that quite a lot of this community are savvy against mainstream centre-left exposés on them because Blake Alaska is kind of a failed alt-right guy, you know? He's not failed, failed. He's obviously still got an audience, but he's not one of the guys going super mainstream. He's not one of the guys with the ear of big politicians. He is literally doing... In that documentary, the closest thing I've ever seen to the old Onion article about Marilyn Manson now going door to door trying to shock people. He's you know walking around the, walking around the streets doing his stream, doing yeah. really light racial harassment of people he passes by, and getting his audience to like play racially offensive songs out of the speakers attached to him. It's pathetic. Like yeah, it was like got Wagner playing. He's a fucking yeah, Nazi yeah, class. No, it's, it's like... most pathetic. Like look at me, look at me, I want a reaction sort of thing. And that's yeah. getting him, it's, it's 300 people watching it and it's getting him enough donations to live off, but it's not probably what he aimed for or enjoys. But you would imagine most of the more successful ones, Nick Fuentes obviously being a notable exception, probably told the production company to fuck off. Yeah, he's just—it's crazy. He's got like a little. It it seems like some like archaic punishment, or like punishment from an alternative reality where they have advanced futuristic technology, but like medieval systems of justice, (laughs) where like instead of the stocks, you have to just stand in the street with this device tied around your neck saying racial slurs. It's like (laughs) (laughs) how how many times has he got beaten up? It's like something FFF would do on. Twitch to one fever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you think about it, he is basically a Nazi. We probably shouldn't have him on our show. I know, I, I um, think about yes. him in the episode, we should have had him on. <laughs> nah, he's so, he's so far right that he's actually yeah. far left. Yeah. Speaking of like the far right, there's one amazing thing in his 90s survivalist documentary. <laughs> so like he talks to all these people who see themselves at war with the federal government. I think it's like post Waco and stuff. And these guys are living in like log cabins in the middle of nowhere and they don't pay income tax and they don't have a driver's license, but obviously they drive, they've got a big truck and have lots of guns and so forth. And Basically, like, there's a bunch of these guys living in this sort of community, and well, guys and their families in this remote rural area, and there's this one shop that they all go to, which is run by this guy who's, like, sympathetic to the cause, and he's, like, this jolly old bald man with a big bulbous nose, and he's, you know, kind of chubby guy who likes roller skating, that's his big hobby, they show all these things of him roller skating, and, you know, he just talks about how he likes to provide everything with the community needs at his little survival store then they get onto something and he's like well of course now they've got all the uh they teach you all the politically correct history <laughs> and louis like oh oh really what 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 kind of thing do you mean and he's like um well uh for example uh i say what well, they, they they won't like me saying this but uh <laughs> 
you know how uh, in the Second World War, <laughs> there were only... <laughs> yeah, and then he goes into, starts talking about, like, the number of Jews killed in the Holocaust, uh, essentially. And Louis is just, like, visibly distressed. Yeah. <laughs> he's just very uncomfortable. And this guy is just kind of, he's like, well, there were only five million Jews in Europe at the time, and they say they killed six million, and how does... <laughs> just... Please, I still believe that math is a thing. And Lou is like, okay, okay thanks, I've got to I've, go. I've had someone <laughs> actually try that argument on with me in real life. Like, ah, there was only actually 4.9 billion them. people in the holo- killed in the Holocaust. Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's say that's true. That's fucking terrible. That's like 5 million people killed. That's every bit as terrible as, as, as 6 million. What what exactly is your point? Yeah. No, that's a reasonable <laughs> amount. What, what else are they lying about? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's, but, it's, but, but, you know, it's like this, this yeah. alternate conspiracy theory history. You probably got it from like David yeah. or some shit. But in the car back, Louis is talking to this survivalist guy. He's like... Yeah, um, Mike, at the, let's just call him Mike, Mike at the shop said some rather concerning things to me about uh, the Holocaust and the number of Jews killed. And the guy is clearly thinking, that fucking idiot, why did he start talking to the BBC journalist about the fucking Holocaust? We're supposed to be illustrating to people that we're not just Nazis, that we're just patriots with very right-wing views. We're not Nazis. And then this guy just has to go on and fucking come out with his his Holocaust denial <laughs> to Louis Theroux. And he's like, well, uh, I, uh, he's obviously wrong. I think the numbers speak for themselves. But Louis asks him first, he's like, what do you think of Mike? And he's like, well, he's one of the good guys. He's a good <laughs> yeah. patriot. I, I like him. And then Louis's like, oh, because he said some things to me about the Holocaust. <laughs> so he, he does kind of set him up. Yeah. He w- I feel like he was kind of more playful with a lot of his subjects back in the day. Like, he probably feels bad now about, like, taking the piss out of idiots as much as he used to. Like, there's a bit where he's talking to Thomas Robb's son in his clan mini-documentary for the Michael Moore series, where he's like... Do you ever just wake up in the morning and think, I would love to lynch someone? Well, <laughs> you cannot imagine him saying, saying that today. <laughs> and maybe it's for the best. I don't know. Maybe it would be unedifying for a 50 year old man to be going around just like visibly taking the piss out of freaks and weirdos. <laughs> yeah, I do feel I think he did a good job in... Not one of these most recent three, but the documentary he did with the Tiger King guy. Um, oh, yeah. I have, That's from like 2011, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. He, he did, did an original one back in well, 2011, yeah. but I'm talking about, yeah, the follow up in 2021, oh, Shooting yeah. Joe Exotic. Yeah, I've not uh, seen that one. I did see that. I watched it pretty recently for the first time, and there was an interesting bit in that where he's talking to the lawyers who are currently trying to get Joe Exotic out of jail or they were back when trump was president at least and um oh, yeah they wanted to get a presidential yeah. pardon for joe exotic he pardoned lil wayne but not joe they had exotic. a limo waiting at the prison to take him away on the last day of trump's presidency never happened <laughs> that's so funny but just money down the drain so speaking of louis setting up a good bit 
he interviews the lawyers and the first time he's sort of talking to them you know about the case about why they think joe is set up and he why became he italian be... there yeah about the case you know, uh, about the, about the, the case yeah pepperoni you were organized a crime <laughs> sorry i'm uh, very uh, very racist of me anti-italian racism there uh ianucci <laughs> the worst kind. that was so funny I, sorry i found some ianucci tweet from 2018 where he was like huh call out anti-semitism in the labor party and this is what happened and it was just a tweet from some guy adding him like fuck off back to italy you smelly <laughs> italian traitor disgraceful <laughs> truly shocking yeah. <laughs> yeah labor needs to get a grasp on its anti-italian racism problem keir starmer needs to resign the fish rots from the head down exactly the fish rots from the head down <laughs> but um the second Sorry. time theroux visits these lawyers so the first time, yeah, he's talking about the case. And they're, of course, saying, well, of course, he's innocent. He's innocent. Look at this documentary that Netflix did. All of this stuff exonerates him. He clearly did nothing wrong. And then the second time Theroux goes to interview them, he's talking about the legal rights and why he can't talk to Joe Exotic for this documentary. Because it's another one of those, like, with Michael Jackson, where he spends the whole doc trying to get an interview with Joe but he can't because he signed exclusivity with Netflix. And he's like, how can you sign an exclusive deal on the facts of what actually historically happened? This is a thing, a real event. And the lawyer is like, well, is it a documentary or is it a docudrama? You know, like he, he has a right to his story. This is something that has been crafted. He basically gets the lawyer to just sort of say, well, actually, yeah, the Netflix documentary maybe isn't 100% factual without quite <laughs> saying those words. But it, it was a good little one-two setup that Theroux did back in 2021. When he was making that, that was, uh, I think, at the time they were trying to develop a drama series based on Joe Exotic starring Nicolas Cage in the lead role. <laughs> but Cage revealed in an interview promoting one of his recent films, he was like, yeah, basically uh, that project fell apart because after a while we were like, oh, no one gives a shit about Joe Exotic anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, flash in the pan, pop culture shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was it and not so like... funny? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Was it during the COVID lockdown that the Tiger King thing went massive, or was that just before that? I think it was might have been. During. I think everyone was. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah it was. It was yeah. March 2020. So yeah, that's that's so right. It was like right 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 now. It was when I went back to work that everyone was like, "Have you seen this? Have you seen this? What do you think of it?" Yeah, because yeah, Netflix did a second series of Tiger King, and yeah, no yeah I've not seen the second <laughs> series. I don't. I, I don't understand. <laughs> what could possibly have happened to fill a second series because no. what they what they had was quite a story but it was also a story that had played out over 20 25 years something like that um, yeah why would you not just do one episode just like tiger king three years later right. or whatever well you know it's like you got your whole life to write your first album <laughs> the second album you gotta <laughs> you gotta really scramble to get the shit together <laughs> right Noel gallagher no, to be fair, the second. There was also some is, shades uh, of good. Jimmy pretty Seville good in that one, I felt, because there's a lot of Theroux. Jimmy Seville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spanish entertainer, Jimmy Seville. Savile, whatever. Savile, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, I didn't one, grow the up with, sorry, with the geezer. Jimmy Savile even worse. You didn't grow Oh, thank God you didn't grow up with Jimmy Savile. <laughs> the, the, the one, the one thing That's that the worst way to grow Savile, up. Like, even worse is if he did everything he actually did. 
but also wore a comedy sombrero and bad Spanish accent. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I had a little twirly, but fake the final Oh dear! <laughs> but I no, um, I just bet. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, but he did a follow up for that as well. Yeah, he? it was a follow up one, and yeah, through like revisits a lot of footage of Joe Exotic in this one from his earlier documentary, where he's kind of watching it, and he's like. This is pretty creepy, the stuff that he's saying about this woman, uh, and like murdering her husband or whatever he, he claimed. Revisiting the f- crime, so to speak, and being like, should I have seen well, this coming? Do you try and have her killed or something? Yes. Well, that's the reason Joe is in prison because you haven't seen allegedly uh, is because yeah, allegedly. Well, I don't. Is it? I don't know. If you have to say allegedly now. He's being. <laughs> well, no, he's convicted. Yeah, convicted. Yeah. According to the courts, he hired somebody to kill her, and it's the culmination of many years of these two people feuding. And Theroux's kind of <laughs> like. Uh, should I have seen that coming? You know, like I probably should have, right? Because here I've got footage of <laughs> Joe saying how I want to kill this woman really badly. <laughs> and I would totally do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going back, looking for signs. Like when he goes back and watches his Jimmy Savile yeah. footage and sees all the signs. But to be fair, I mean, you watch any footage of Jimmy Savile, <laughs> yeah. you see the signs now in retrospect. Hang on, holy um, shit. From fucking... 2014 to 2018, Exotic occasionally worked as a professional wrestling commentator. Oh, I need fuck. to track these events <laughs> nice. down. I bet he was terrible. I oh, could yeah, see we'll it. Do He's one got of a hell of a personality. <laughs> Showman. Yeah, a constructed personality. Like a persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, much like so wrestling a people. Oh, you know, I watched the Louis Weird Weekends one on the Black Nationalist. That's oh, yeah, like classic. He, he's done really that's on <laughs> sort of like left-wing extremists mm. in a way. I mean, it's hard to, you know, eh. whether you class like Reverend Al Sharpton or whatever as left-wing. They're not like mad right-wing yeah. racists. Although, I mean, well, some of, some of these guys, I'm you sure. You could probably their, consider uh, Al Sharpton somewhat on the left i don't know about isn't that the one where he visits the hebrew what, what do they call themselves i yeah, wouldn't he, the black israelites yeah the black israelites i wouldn't consider them at all on the left no. i'd just say that they're reactionary black nationalists yeah they're yeah see they are thing. kind of racist <laughs> they're, they're the ones where the black israelite council yeah they're like you name a historical figure and we will tell you if they were black and louis like henry the eighth they're like black. <laughs> shakespeare black charlie chaplin black as coal like yeah they just go on like with this, i think he's like hitler and they're like oh definitely white yeah. like, <laughs> there's a few like there's a couple of times but he names someone who's like shit and they're like oh yeah definitely <laughs> absolutely white <laughs> but yeah there was those, one isn't there um, where those guys like, oh we're we're funny. unsure they were not we're not certain <laughs> Can't remember who that uh, one yeah, was. I, I it's a, it's a famous was. clip, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, great stuff. Can I give you a list of historical figures, prominent figures from history, and you'll tell me whether or not they were white or black? Shoot, give me okay. a best shot. Where did we start? Okay, um, Beethoven. Black. Mozart. Black. Cleopatra. She looked black, but she was white. She looked black, uh, but listen, she was white? Listen, you're not answering my question. It's not the color of your skin that you're being judged by, but the seed of your father. William Shakespeare. Un- undoubtedly black, without question. Abraham Lincoln. That's still in debate. But yeah, it, uh, I mean, even yeah, though really I wouldn't early. consider them on the left, 
very, like you said, very, very different from white racists, white reactionaries, just the whole power structure thing is black reactionaries like that very different and much more powerless I mean, yeah especially it's in born out of they powerlessness don't, they don't really have it's any like, fucking impact. well white people say they're great because of ancient greece and they built all these things so we got to say we're great because we were conquerors actually and imperialists yeah and, yeah like no bro that would make you terrible um that's not exactly uh, yeah um <laughs> That's, that's not it. That's that's weak tea, sis. <laughs> when you watch the Louis and the Ultra Zionist episode, it really does like ram home how much Zionists are. You know, the Ultra Zionists, I'll say, in Israel, they are basically that area of the world's adjunct of the people in his South Africa 200%, documentary, the people yeah. in the Louis and the Nazis documentary, basically like the global far right everything's the same they all agree that everyone should fuck off back to what is perceived as their countries and just stay there and that's it yeah yeah he talks to this one guy in israel who he's like a sort of occupation estate agent he sorts out like british and american fucking south african families to come and live on illegal palestinian land louis is visiting this house that's about to have some people come and move into it and they've just got this big stack of all the family that lived in there before shit just in one side of the room and like louis like that's a lot of stuff to leave behind and the guy's like Oh well, you know, uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to carry uh, all your things when you are leaving on foot in the middle of the night. <laughs> it's like, why were they doing that? Yeah. Uh, uh, and the, the guy kind of insinuates that they like abandoned their own home deliberately to like cover up some crime they were committing or something. Louis's like, oh, but what are you trying to say? And the guy's like, oh, you know, often there is uh, something suspicious going on here. It's like. It does seem a lot like you just, like, <laughs> forced these people out of their homes and took it. And they had, like, no time to pack any of it. They fled because they were in danger, effectively. Yeah. And I've got... Very, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Sorry, it's just a deeply it. personally connected issue. I've got family that are over there, literally being settlers because i mean it is it's illegal under under international law it's like a really serious bad thing to do like, to settle on yeah. illegal palestinian territory exactly uh, and fucking it doesn't seem like a great life as well like louis talks to some settler families and they have to have constant military protection oh, yeah. like a guard outside the house a guard on the roof they're constantly driving around with protection. They basically can't live a normal life. I don't want to make out that Palestinians are just, you know, brutal people who are trying to murder Israelis, because that's obviously not what's happening. But not it is all. like a but fucking war zone. It's not yeah. It's not a safe place for anyone. It's, it's like, I don't blame homeless people for crime, but it is true that where there's lots of homeless people, there's going to have to be more robbery just to sustain the economically disadvantaged population. It's economics causing the crime. Similarly, I would say, yeah, in Israel, there isn't as much danger as the propaganda makes out for these Israeli settlers, but if they weren't constantly defending themselves, there probably would be some opportunistic attacks just because, like, 
fuck those people who stole your land. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was dangerous to be a cowboy settler back in America in the 19th century. I'm sure it was genuinely kind of dangerous, but... <laughs> oh, it was, uh, believe me. <laughs> that doesn't make what they did correct or justified in any way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You read this shit about that British rabbi who moved his family out to Israel and then his wife and daughters got killed in an explosion. It's like, I mean, that is... You move to Sad, an area that's but... known to be pretty dangerous. <laughs> like you, you lived in the UK, which is not a yes. war zone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's pure dogma. Like, still, at least he managed to get away from Ed Miliband and his <laughs> terrifying anti-Semitism. He escaped uh, Corbynism as well, right? Yeah. Well, even before court, obviously that would be even worse. But you know, Miliband was bad. It's enough. like fleeing Nazi yeah. Germany. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Weimar <laughs> Millibandism. <laughs> <laughs> Working hell. So uh, have, have let's talk about you, the old... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, I'm there. Okay, just check it. All right, sorry if you. Yeah, Geraint, Geraint's views on Israel are just too hot for radio. <laughs> He's keeping them close to his chest. He's very pro. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. The yeah. Way. <laughs> He's a big Zionist. I just broke it's away. A dangerous from, stance uh, there. I, I broke away from my mic for a couple of minutes. <laughs> I was on the phone to the guy who was trying to get me some cheap accommodation out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, the family who live there have just uh, mysteriously <laughs> disappeared, leaving all their things in the house. Yeah, no, they're yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. you know, it's... <laughs> it's free. Yeah, no, they just gave the house to me. They're free. They said, we want you to have it. We support the cause. Very strange stance from these Palestinians. But yeah, let's talk about the new shit, the new, yeah. the new uh, episodes Yeah, we haven't even again. touched on um, the other two out of this Forbidden America some pretty series. pretty good stuff. Rap and porn. I did prefer these basically. ones out of the three, yeah. They still weren't necessarily both the best revis- ones he's ever done, but they were more interesting to me. Yeah. They're both revisiting sort of yeah. subjects that he's previously covered. So like rap's new front line. Obviously he did his famous rap thing in the 90s that is where the now TikTok viral jiggle jiggle song comes from. <laughs> Yeah, Louis went viral as a rapper. You may have missed that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Porn's Me Too, and he he did a porn episode back in the day as well. He's uh, done a few, actually, I, hasn't I, he? I think this is the third oh, yeah, time. Oh, yeah, he has. Or I something think. like that. Yeah. Twilight of the Porn Stars was that so. one. Yeah. 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 The final episode of the first series with Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends is called Louis Theroux's Weird Christmas. And he <laughs> invites participants from each of his four previous episodes to get together so he has this religious guy who does like a dial-up religious service where you call his number and he like reads a prayer to you or some bullshit he seems like well nice when he's with louis in that episode but he reveals himself to be a bit of a uh you know no he's serious about his hardline extreme religious views in this episode and louis has this old hippie who lives in a cabin in the mountains and has done since the early 70s he briefly gets this like ufo communicating guy who does this thing <laughs> it's pretty amazing like he's actually like price yeah how there i was thinking of what to say next and i was going uh that guy's actually like priced that into his like alien yeah. communication act so he'll just go i am zorgon um from the galaxy <laughs> of um galgamesh um and i am here um give me a second 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny and the the final guest who he has is this young porn star called jj and like don't know what happened to this guy probably been cancelled or whatever he turned into james dean or something (laughs) and then got captain the lesser james dean yeah that guy and the old hippie who lives in the mountains are basically just sitting there piercing themselves at this old cunt doing his fucking alien talking routine but the christian guy refuses to stay for the commune of aliens he's like it's satanic it's exactly they're like no it's not it's just he's mad he's really stupid they're like no it's satan it's like dude just lighten up and laugh at some freaks will you come on that was a great episode for just that chemistry between or or lack of chemistry between all the different fringe people yeah absolutely so anyway i saw the porn star in that but i didn't get around to rewatching his porn documentary from the 90s but i I mean it was like one of the very first episodes wasn't it the third episode of season one one. so it's like porn is something that louis has been doing for a long time like not porn he's been doing (laughs) porn porn as a documentary (laughs) you could you could call him a porn porn star star. yeah (laughs) yeah no man um no this is a good episode i've got to say that fucking french rapist who spoke to was one of the the funniest Mm. people i have ever You, you so so you remember speaking of rapists you remember there was that guy who like he fled the us for the uk or some shit and he did that video they found him and he pretended to be someone else and he did that video where he had like a breathing inhaling oxygen and he was going i have no yeah he was much like how that alien talking guy punctuated his sentences with um he was doing his thing where he was like i have no idea who you're talking about i've never raped anyone this is the guy who accidentally stumbled like basically his thing was i'm gonna move to britain and pretend to be someone called arthur knight i think my point was basically that this guy being interviewed is like the second funniest rapist i've seen being the french the french this guy is he's like rapist, Jack. He's talking about his accuser and he's like, the problem is this woman, she was a stupid idiot. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's got such hilarious, he, like childish, he, he broken English. He would briefly English, try and like... construct his point as to why they were all lying and stuff. And then he'd just get petulant or say something really fucking stupid. If like, I say I fuck you in the ass, do you not know what I mean? Whatever. A lot of his argument was literally just going... So you think things happen like this, do you? Hmm. 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 Huh? <laughs> you need a very silly French accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I sent Yair a voice clip of me. Hang on. I want to fuck you in the ass. Let me get. You want to say that if I came up to you and said I'm going to fuck you in the ass, you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know what to say to me. If I was to fuck you in the ass, <laughs> I love the fact. I you love reminded the fact me you've a lot of done the accent slightly less offensive than your usual accents, but you've given him the scansion of my gapes. <laughs> There's like the same. Yeah, no, I was gonna say. Words that my gapes. <laughs> if I was to say I would uh, fuck you in the ass, what would you do, Louis? What would you do if I pulled out my penis and I fucked you in the ass? It, yeah, it's very similar. What would you? What would you say, Louis? If I was to to fuck you in the ass if I was to penetrate your anus with my strong girthy penis. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it is much like Gapes in the way it sort of builds up the intensity throughout the... Uh, yeah. The, 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 yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, that, that guy was very funny. That... <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, he was, he was uh, a good guy. I, 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 the I'm other guy say, as well, the British guy. Pierre Woodburn. Was he British, the other guy? Oh, yeah, okay, so, yeah, goes about saying both of yeah. these two cunts are guilty as fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of these the other two. one is the Derek other, the other Hay, the British guy. The, the other guy... Yeah, Derek, he, classic um, British name. He, he'd done the other guy. He, he spoke to the other guy in one of his previous porn documentaries, I think. In um, the Twilight one, yeah, I think the Twilight but, um, the porn stars. Yeah. Obviously, the interview with him in this one, it was again quite darkly funny because the yeah. more pressing his interview got, again, not in a really sort of intense way, in a, in a Louis Theroux sort of. Here's some quotes I'm going to confront you with what's your view mm. the guy was getting more and more uncomfortable and the way he was reacting to it was just constantly to be like going off and take a phone call to open the door <laughs> and that and at first yeah. it was just like that's a bit lucky for him that that's broken up the interview a little bit and given him a breather at that exact point and by the end of it he'd like take a call and being like yes please come in now please come in please come in <laughs> the door. come in come in please come in and then when, and the, when, actual, when the guys come so in he's curt, like wasn't yeah, he? I don't yeah. actually want you to repeat that again now you know <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So for, he's like, no, no, I did hear you. I mean, it's like he wanted yeah. for some reason wanted this tattoo artist to just be like two meters away while he was fielding these <laughs> yeah. questions about other I'm people sure he raped. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm like no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, you listen to, like, to the accusation, the illusion of confidence in what he was saying, <laughs> and he did have a very intense fucking stare. Uh, he looked like he was trying to shoot laser beams through Louis. And uh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm that relaxed yeah, uh, talking uh, about it. But the more it's gone on, the more he's realised that's a bad idea, and he's trying to like, fuck, <laughs> what can I do for a diversion? Shit, shit. One of the tensest scenes yeah. I've, I've watched in ages, honestly. Just the way he was like so uncomfortable, and it was just like, man, you're making this so much fucking worse <laughs> by just not saying that. This is incredibly transparent. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he looked like he was gonna punch Louis yeah. like in the end when he was like, I'd, ra- I'd rather you didn't ask me that again. It was like, just fucking say, just fucking say, I don't want to answer these questions earlier on rather than going through this whole yeah. sham. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was in that? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some kind of more sympathetic people in that, I guess, who are like... Yeah, he know, talks to doing... some of the men and women on the more Me Too side of the porn industry. Mm-hmm. Mia Malkova yeah. is one, Ginger Banks is another... Is one of them one who uh, accused Ron Jeremy? Yeah, I think that was Ginger, Ginger Banks. Banks is, yeah, yeah. Because he was just like grabbing women's tits. Yes, whenever, was, like, yeah. They'd have a photo of him yes. and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a very uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, bad. Uh, was he still working as a porn star at that point? Like, uh, just just looking at him in that footage, and, I was like, uh, fucking hell! People. I mean, he was more. Um, <laughs> A kind of porn celebrity, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, he was like fam- okay. the famous porn star, and part of that was because he was so unattractive. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I think even more so back then, the old age of no one's watching it for the men, so they'd just have some yeah. random ugly guy who could fuck on demand. So he, he made okay, that makes sense. Yeah. In some ways, he was kind of a John C. Riley like, as well. He was like, distinctive figure. In the nineties, he was already a sort of lad mag legend, you know, Ron Jeremy, but kind of framed as in the past. I think he was still definitely still working yeah. then. But 
It was like the Michael yeah. Deacon of his day, another lad mag legend. Yeah, yeah, both uh, <laughs> both with very dubious but, attitudes towards women. A funny moment amongst all the horrible stuff during that scene with Ginger Banks was when Louis points to the back of a video box that has a picture of what looks like James Corden on. on. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It does look so much like blood. Well. And he just goes like, that looks and like James Corden. And he even says as well. Cracks her up. I reckon it literally is. And James Corden was shown it and denied it. He was like, no, that's not me. That's yeah. not me. And Louis Theroux was able to use it because it ostensibly wasn't James Corden. Yeah. It was. This production company made sure to include the clip of her going, that's not James Corden, to the plausible deniability. <laughs> they'd cut it otherwise. I obviously decided to join this episode fairly late, so my experience was basically watching those three literally back to back immediately before we started recording. So uh, At least they're fresh in your mind, huh? They're fresh in my mind, but <laughs> some weird tonal shifts between the three of them. Yeah, I thought so too, because the alt-right one is obviously kind of an attack yeah. piece, I guess you could think of. It's like, you know, these are bad guys. Whereas yeah. the trap one is kind of mixed. It's like, are they, they're kind of glorifying some bad stuff, but they are deeply hurt people by the system. And then, yeah, the porn one again. You got the you got the rapist, but you also got these people trying to liberate the industry from that problem. Yeah, yeah. From memory, again, I'm ups not and downs. Seen, I've not seen him in a long time, but his previous porn ones hinted at some grey areas around how willing and how enthusiastic the actresses oh, yeah. were about some elements of their work. And then obviously, this yeah. is quite a dark sort of. Yeah, his out actually was for some people. It's interesting because the Twilight of the Porn Stars was very much about how, like, internet was changing the porn industry at that time, which is now 10 years ago. So revisiting it with this one and how much it's changed in just 10 years. They've ended up being very different ways because the big thing it's highlighting on that one is OnlyFans and stuff like that. You're sort of self-produced porn essentially yeah they're so far you know you you literally just need a a camera operator so they're able to get away from abusers and feel more empowered to talk out about them without burning their bridges i guess but that again that's not a development that anyone would have seen coming to this extent 10 years ago yeah you want me to say that if I came up to you and said, I'm going to fuck you in the ass, you wouldn't know what to do? You wouldn't know what to say to me if I was to fuck you in the ass? Is that an offer? You want me to say that if I came up to you and said, I'm going to fuck you Remix. in the ass, you wouldn't know what to do? Bars. You wouldn't know what to say to me if I was to, if I came up to you and said, you wouldn't know to me if I was to me? You wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know what to say to me if I was to fuck you. You wouldn't know what to say to me if I was to fuck you. You want me to say that if I came up to you, I didn't mean to. (laughs) (laughs) This is turning into a bad acid trip. Yeah, this is an. he's, He's putting us through some sort of terrible endurance test where he sees how many times I want to know what he is on and where I can get some <laughs> sees how many times he can play that clip without us being like fuck this and hanging up the call <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is a, it is not my fault I gave that woman a good sex it is not my fault she is a stupid idiot <laughs> most respectful Frenchman <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, let's talk about Rap's new front line. You could have called the last episode. Um... <laughs> Jack, fuck off. Man. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, so in this episode, Louis interviews members of the trap rap community in Florida about the controversies and criminal records that the artists have accrued, including an interview with Glock 9 prior to his trial for attempted murder. See, at first, this one was annoying me because I thought he was just leaning too far on his, ah, you wouldn't expect a slightly posh Englishman to be in these circles, would you, Mose? And it wasn't really doing much beyond this isn't something that most of his intended audience are going to know anything about or, or be much of a fan of but it got more interesting in more of a sort of traditional Louis Theroux way with particularly the poor lad who ended up dying after the after the documentary broke, broke baby, baby yeah, yeah 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 so I guess we both watched the iPlay yes. version yeah that, that's obviously been added at some point since broadcast because again this was like early 2022 aired and it was some point this calendar year that he died yeah I, I watched an older copy and uh, I didn't know that happened <laughs> like drug overdose I, I guess I tried to find out why all I could find I guess his career decline wasn't reversed at any point because all I could find about it was yeah. Mindhouse TV, the actual production company, putting about it on their Instagram. Oh, yeah. Very sad news reaches us that rapper <laughs> Broke Baby had died. This was 19 weeks ago, so presume. Fucking hell. Pretty bleak. I, I, I searched yeah. Broke Baby Death, and it came up with a Liverpool Echo article saying, Mum broke baby's leg before <laughs> crushing oh, up pills oh, for his bottle. Uh, Tragically, Archie was pronounced dead at the scene. <laughs> Fuck's that's not what I wanted to see. Yeah, that's a uh, cursed yeah, Google I mean, search, no matter what comes up. <laughs> yeah, so Broke Baby doesn't have like a Wikipedia page or anything. But yeah, he's just this visibly very vulnerable guy who like in actually quite a funny moment goes off to buy Coke in the middle of the- <laughs> with his mic <laughs> on, still just with try- his, a hot mic I'm on. Trying to find out and see if you know i can find out anywhere confirmation he obviously heavily presume it was drug related but um, i think so he didn't <laughs> seem like a gang i have found he's his, not I very on top his, of um, his drug habit his, his twitter and unfortunately he only had a thousand followers but all his latest yeah. tweets and twitter activity is like retweeting and quote tweeting like kevin sorbo and elon musk and stuff <laughs> in late 2020 <laughs> So well, he is a Cuban American. He's, he, he's definitely gone. <laughs> at, at some point, he's definitely gone anti-vax. If he wasn't previously, <laughs> I'm not saying that's what killed him, or certainly isn't, given what we saw in the documentary. But uh, yeah, I fucking doubt. Yeah, it. He, this guy's gone all right at some point. He's retweeting he cat to uh, uh, treat his COVID with Xanax. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Being someone who was born in Cuba. Someone whose father came on a raft to give his family a better life. You will never understand communism unless you've experienced it firsthand. <laughs> Bro, you've not experienced communism firsthand. If your father's told you about it, that's secondhand. That's what that means. <laughs> Obviously, that was quite a little depressing sort of substrand. Oh, like, yeah. Where he definitely came across as a very sympathetic, stum- very uh, you know, wounded person. Yeah, stumbled across that he was actually still on drugs and probably harder stuff than he had been on previously. So I was kind of almost expecting a message at the end, like we got 
you know, that he'd either mm-hmm. died or, or got himself into some deep, deep shit. A lot of the characters in this one came across as almost sort of tied to the circumstances they were living in, really. Yeah, stuck in a very self-destructive sort of cycle. Yeah, it was really sort of swing for the fences stuff. You're either going to make a lot of money from your work, or you're going to spend a lot of time in jail, or possibly both. Or both. Yeah, yeah. they're not mutually <laughs> exclusive, really. Yeah. yeah, it was just like these rappers are dying at such like a fucking alarming rate. Like whether it's mm. drugs or them, you know, getting shot. Because trap rap, mm. I guess, is more like. It has, like, the criminal element in it more, like, because, you know, trapping is literally, like, selling drugs. Trap house is a drug yeah. house. But yeah. SoundCloud rap is more introspective. But a lot of these guys, yeah. you know, even if they're not literally involved in gangs, like, they're still getting shot and fucking a load of them are dying of drugs. And, yeah, it's just sad, you know, that most of them, you see them in this documentary, they're so young and, like, fucking unprepared to be thrust into this kind of world. Big part of the brand seems to be authenticity, and then that. that yeah. Is it broke? That's why the pop rappers live a lot longer because they're not <laughs> which, authentic. Which rapper yeah. is it who he's like snorting coke in his video? And Louis's like, "Are you snorting real coke?" <laughs> and he's like, "Nah, nah, nah, man." Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not on camera. Uh, we snorted the real Coke off camera. Yeah. I thought he says to me, no, no, we did snort the real Coke on camera to make people think that I wasn't really doing it because you wouldn't do that on camera. It's like Jedi mind tricks. Maybe. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I thought he said the opposite, but either way, either it was way, some 5D chess right there. I mean, there. yes, uh, yeah. that guy uh, wasn't like the... The sharpest uh, attack. The guy, the guy who gave the interview with his lawyer present against <laughs> his lawyer's advice. Oh, that was Glock <laughs> Nine, wasn't it? That's like, yeah, the, yeah, he's yeah, like we're not going to talk it, about the video. He's and such every, a every, you're not going to talk about the video. Some interjection from him being like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what he's really saying is, <laughs> well, they went through some of his lyrics, didn't they? And what were these lyrics? Was it like the fucking Key and Peel like rap confessions it, it video where where <laughs> where, where but the sketch yeah. where, where basically like the song is like I'm a run up on you, shoot you with my gun, and Louis like. What did you mean by that? And he's like, oh, you know, I never really thought about the lyrics like that, you know, tried to act. <laughs> I never really yeah, sat back uh, and analysed uh, my lyrics. <laughs> Louis was like, that could look bad on you, couldn't it, if it came up in court? And both nine and his lawyer are like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like... I, I, I don't know, I, I think that was overstated. I think all you have to do is point to the rich history of musicians singing about fictional events there um, was an end cap update about his case as well can you remember what uh, he got sentenced think, to like 10 years get, in prison no, he, for yeah, weapons he, charge he, he didn't those get, charges got dropped but then he got arrested got dropped, for something else got, i think he had some firearms charges against him so he's got like, got like a seven year sentence yeah or something he's like definitely that. in yeah. prison which is probably yeah but it's a hell of a lot like he could have been facing up to 100 years from yeah, like, yeah. Oh, true, true. all the charges he was facing and held up so Definitely He'd pro- probably consider that a qualified win, really. Yeah, yeah. Given the contact. A bit I thought was, it made me laugh, it was also pretty sad, was, I think it was Broke Baby, but he, they were talking to him about one of his friends who died, and yeah. he was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, my boy got sold some boof shit. I was like, boof? <laughs> so, <laughs> do, 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 do they say boof in the rap community to mean bad? Because the only place I've heard anyone say boof before is Jared Leto's character in the House of Gucci. <laughs> 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 He's got a, a boof batch. 
They sold my boy some booth shit. I know, let's make that happen. Let's bring that to the UK thing, not just Italy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, de decent doc, decent doc. Probably enjoyed it more than the alt-right one, which I just watched thinking, God, these guys are such pussies compared to the right-wing survivalists he was interviewing in the 90s. Now, they were real Americans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I do find, like, Nick Fuentes and that. They're such unappealing little freaks, though. I really fucking... Such fucking nerds yeah, for yeah. racism. I, I, I don't really see the appeal, but obviously they're aiming for sad, lonely people. Well, they're un yeah, they're I'm sad and lonely. With no real existing political <laughs> affiliations or belief systems. Yeah, that's true. Where the ones they have are just pure reactionary. You know, we've been radicalized by the, the hard left previously, mm. so... We're immune to it, no matter how sad we make Yeah, it. I don't play video games. It's like re recognizing the flaws of capitalism without having yeah. a proper material analysis yeah. inevitably leads to becoming yeah. a Nazi. Playing yeah, video games inevitably brief, leads brief, to becoming a Nazi. Brief windows when I was like 50. Yeah, it was probably brief windows when I was like 15 or 16 where I could have fallen down the wrong internet hole oh, yeah, and ended yeah. up considerably worse a human being than I am. When you see that the system doesn't work, but nobody's providing you with good answers. You build up your defenses yeah. quite quickly when you start educating yourself a bit. But that's Louis. I don't think we really got into his interview series from 2022. No, I've not seen most of them. My general uh, sort of reaction to them is like, why is he doing that when that's not his strength? And a lot of the subjects he's chosen, like before when he'd done interviews, a lot of them were people like Jimmy Savile, where even if you didn't know about his crimes, or if, which at that point you, you would only have sort of heard rumours. Yeah, exactly. They, they were still Jimmy like Savile, a real was, celebrity. <laughs> the kind of person you want to hear that. from. <laughs> they are ridiculous characters, and in some ways controversial, other than the main ones. And obviously Savile was known to live a really weird life, where he had a shrine to his dead mother in his house and stuff like that. So obviously Louis Theroux's gone straight in and made sure to get all the mad footage on this shit. My mic cut out, by the way, yeah. for a bit there. Yeah, yeah, did you independently raise the Louis Theroux interview series, or did it capture me? I raised yeah, yeah, it. mentioned uh, it like about a minute ago, so presumably just after you did. That's <laughs> mental. I could still hear you, and he did it immediately. We absolutely, absolutely could not hear you. We mind-linked. Yeah, he's picked up the vibe. Yeah, so, yeah, Lou through interviews, I watched two of these. The previous series, again, this isn't all of them on iPlayer, but it's Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee, Neil and Christine Hamilton, Anne Whittacombe, Chris Eubank, Keith Harris and Orville. So obviously they haven't put the Savile one up on there, but they're all, like, freaks. They're, they're basically all weirdos. <laughs> Alright, that, that's cancel culture gone too far. I want to be able to watch the Louis Theroux Savile documentary oh, on iPlayer. Oh, I mean, you'll be able to watch it just <laughs> Come on. on iPlayer. Don't write it out of history. Just like all the South Park episodes with Muhammad in them, or the It's Always Sunny episodes where I, they... Black, I do black legit things. find that kind of weak to remove completely from streaming. I think we've been over this at some point. Yeah. I don't yeah, I, I, what, what, what are you going to get from interviewing Rita Ora or Catherine Ryan or then Judy Dench to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, these, this is boring These are all shit. like current people with their own TV shows or guest hosting slots and stuff to promote. And there's just yeah. like... Every I don't give a fuck about there. Bear Grylls. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. He's like a Tory cunt. I think he's mates with David Cameron. Since uh, he's she... called Bear, so obviously he's a Tory. Rita Ora doesn't even have Albanian nationalist views mm. as interestingly mm. radical as Dua Lipa. So that, they've just missed <laughs> a, an opportunity there. Because they do let Rita Ora talk about like Albanian shit a bit. And it's like, oh, so you'll let her talk about that, but you won't let Stormzy talk about Corbyn <laughs> at all. I That's see how it is. Stormzy wanted to talk about Albanian nationalism. <laughs> 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 Maybe they have to edit out like, uh, a three-hour treatise on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Rita Ora came out for Corbyn. But no, no, Rita Ora, like, she was boring as fuck. She's obviously, like, I didn't know much about her as a pers- persona, but she's, like, mm. so stage-managed. It's so clear, like, she went to drama school. Yeah. You know what mm. I mean? That, like, indeterminate yeah. estuary accent. Didn't get much from that, really. The Stormzy one, yeah, I was just like, come on, bro, like, get set, let's do some Corbyn stuff. Let's do this, let's do Corbyn, the Albania of Stormzy. Let's get into this. And he didn't ask him any political questions. It was just like... I just want to see a whole series of, like, Louis Thoreau relitigates the Balkan crisis. (laughs) (laughs) We we need need more danger in our Louis Thoreau documentaries. We need to send him into talking with people who look like they might kill him at any moment, but don't. Judy Dench, like, well, my views on Albania, on greater Albania. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine Ryan, I went off her because she was just one of the chortling assholes on Frankie Boyle's show, making anti-Corbyn jokes and shit. Like, so, yeah, fuck her. Bear Grylls, yeah, I don't care about him. Just, like, sleeping inside cows and drinking piss and stuff. Not the life I want. Youngblood, don't care. Got a stupid name. Don't, uh, is he a white rapper? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, he, I think... Musician, singer, songwriter, and actor. I don't know. Uh, Judy Dench. I mean, I'm not going to say she's not pretty good. Like, <laughs> you know, she's been in some good stuff. Rita Rory, yeah, I don't give a fuck about her, but I did watch that one. And Stormzy, I like, but it was really boring. It was just like, oh, so Stormzy, you had a breakup two years ago. Tell me about that. And Stormzy's like, yeah, yeah, uh, I don't really want to. And he's like, oh, but come on, tell me. Tell me what happened. And Stormzy's like... I wasn't living up to my responsibilities as a man. Like, he just gives these responses that mean absolutely nothing, and it's like, just ask him about some other shit, man. Like Corbyn. There's no interview subject there that isn't going to get interviewed on primetime TV without Louis Theroux's involvement in it. It's just complete opposite. Uh, You are right. You do have a great point. None of these people are worth interviewing as much as Jimmy Savile. None of them are anywhere near as interesting as and that's Savile. Why all the great interviewers were fascinated by Savile. Louis Theroux, Ricky Gervais, uh, all, all the, the top <laughs> interviewers of turn of the century British TV. Yeah, I would go so far as to say that Stormzy, Dame Judy Dench, Youngblood, Bear Grylls, Catherine Ryan, and Rita Ora are worse than Jimmy Savile <laughs> as in, guests in fairness, on a Louis Theroux in interview fairness, show. Slightly in better than Paul Daniels. <laughs> I haven't really watched many of those old Louis meets. No, me like, neither. Yeah. I've only seen I the saw some of them at the time. But I've not really gone back to him, I think, apart from at one point the Savile one. Do we reckon that <laughs> Jimmy Savile killed the When Louis Met brand in retrospect, and that's why these recent celebrity interviews aren't called When Louis Met? 
I don't know because he he I did think go he back. Killed at, some like, people. Uh, <laughs> I've heard from friend of the show and in fact one of our next guests, Stefan at Phase Bemused, that apparently Louis was having a really miserable time when he was making those Louis meets documentaries okay. where mm. he was talking to the celebrities and stuff. And I don't think he found it very fulfilling meeting all these people. And Stefan also said that Louis was apparently like pathetically grateful by his own account that. Jim Jimmy Savile kept like inviting him to stuff and like being friendly with him and he looked back and was like oh, really that's, embarrassed that's by, how, by how desperate to feel uh, like you know feel something feel anything in his <laughs> life that like he was hanging out with Jimmy Savile I mean, like by choice. Uh, he then started making one-off yeah. documentaries for the BBC. He did three in 2003, Louis and the Brothel, Louis Martin and Michael and Louis and the Nazis but then he didn't really do anything between 2003 and when he signed a new deal with the BBC in 2006, which then led to him regularly making these documentaries for them from the following year onwards. So there are some kind of lost years following the Savile documentary and so forth, you know, yeah. uh, following, well, although he did do those three documentaries set in America after that, then I don't know what he did between... 03 and 06. He was getting his standard MI5 training that comes with every, every Just hanging out with Jimmy Savile. British person at some point. <laughs> it was, yeah, he was just, I mean, Savile was still alive. And he, <laughs> he was, was just yeah. chilling at the Savile yeah. crib the whole time, just smoking weed it with was, Savile. It was a great like, honour they put him up anything. in the guest room, which is also his dead mum's bedroom shrine. <laughs> <laughs> Theroux is an atheist. He dabbled with cannabis at 17. Oh. Okay, so, uh, yeah, he didn't. That explains how he got so much done at such a young age. He didn't carry on with that. Because <laughs> he was so, he's so fucking young. Like in Louis Theroux's Weird Weekends, which he made in like 98 or something, he's like 27 in that or something. He was really, he was, you know, in his 20s when he was doing the shit for Michael Moore. So naturally, I guess, he's got a more kind of mischievous tone back in those days. It's an interesting like... path to have taken, really, given that he is very, very posh. There's a lot of blue links on his family and early life sections of his Wikipedia. I knew he was posh. I didn't know, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning quite how well connected he was right now. Well, his dad's famous. Yeah, yeah. That's I, a pretty I, big I, I thing. His, his dad was the travel writer, Paul Theroux. And his cousin's Justin yeah, Theroux I of Mulholland Drive. I didn't realise that <laughs> at all, but also two of his uncles and his older brother all have wikipedia pages of their own and obviously he went for the usual public school oxford degree sort of route after that and he had gone to school with adam and joe because obviously he's friends with them and they've done all sorts of shit promoting each other's work and that sort of thing but i didn't realize he'd gone to school with and been friends with nick clegg <laughs> Yeah, I just saw that on his Wikipedia. That's embarrassing. That, apparently he went to America <laughs> with Clegg. And that was kind of his USP and still is to a great extent, that he's this British outsider mm. providing a perspective yeah. on America. Again, and literally the same thing John Ronson has with, done. With his, his work, particularly in America, that he is, in how he sort of comes across and his manner and his accent and everything, basically their archetypal big posh sod. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 even though he's actually half yeah. American and holds American citizenship, so he actually knows more about Than they think he does, to be honest. His yeah. subjects yeah. often think, yeah, exactly. 
No, he's he's good, man. I, I listened to like uh, a little bit of the Ben Elton episode of his podcast, which is just the most recent one. Boring podcast. Basically, he's just got to deal with Spotify. You know, it's just one of those things where a big company throws money at a famous person and they do a podcast and it's just exactly like all the other podcasts apart from ours. <laughs> just, you know. Contractual Here's Ben Elton. Spotify should throw vast sums of money at us instead. I know we're already on the platform yeah. and don't do very good numbers on it, but that's just because they haven't given us large <laughs> sacks of money. That will be really the, exactly. the, the clinching fact that it will put us over the edge. Well, he's more likely to actually do the work than Harry and Meghan apparently were with their Spotify deal. They were like, oh, we have to do work? I didn't... <laughs> this is unfamiliar to me as uh, the stock of royalty. <laughs> as part of a Weird Weekends episode porn, Thru agreed to film a cameo <laughs> in the 1997 gay pornography film Take a Peek. He did not perform sexual acts in the film, but made a brief appearance as a park ranger in search of a criminal. Yeah, that's <laughs> Uh, so he is a porn star, technically. <laughs> he is actually a porn star. <laughs> what are some other good ones? You know, like uh, what's some fucking? The classic one is Louis and the Nazis, I guess, mm. where he talks to some pretty unpleasant characters. There's that guy Tom Densner or something. Tom Metzger, that's it, and he's this leader of presumably a quite obscure American neo-Nazi sect. And he loves literally nothing more than like getting fucked up and going down to Mexico and singing karaoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he hangs out. He has a manager for some reason, like this guy who claims that oh, he was like a lawyer for yeah. Escobar and went to prison for cocaine trafficking. Uh, he does come across like the kind of guy who'd have gone to prison for cocaine trafficking. Not, like, well, it's like the, the, what the alt-right looked like before the alt-right existed, kind of. Their political mm. attempts yeah. were very pathetic. Yeah. It's very much the same ideological tendency, just changes in how they present themselves. But I remember Prussian Blue from that, the terrifying... Nazi singing children. Oh yeah. But they, oh, Lamb they and course, Yeah, they of course became de-radicalized pretty much as soon as they got away from their massive Nazi mother who had indoctrinated them. Oh my god, she's such yeah. a Nazi that woman. So they, she's, like, she's so gleefully they, as soon as been away from And then they meet her months. dad and he's got a big swastika on his yeah. truck. As soon as they'd been away from home like a few months they're like this Nazi stuff's just complete bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. We should probably speak out about that to try and undo some of the damage they've used our name to do. The songs that they play are, like, insane. There's one which is like, There was a land called South Africa Where the Marxist guerrillas killed the whites. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's, like, this song they listen to in the car, which is, like, a shitty punk song, and it's like, Strike Force! White Survival! <laughs> and the, the songs all have, like, the worst, like, didactic uh, lyrics of, like, fitting in all this stuff, like, The Marxist revolutionaries... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some disturbing stuff in that documentary. Thinking about it, the manager of Tom Metzger, who claims to have been convicted and sent to prison for cocaine trafficking, does come across like somebody who might actually have been sent to prison for um, possession of child pornography or a similar kind of crime. I think the coke stuff is a cover, to be honest. Good well, babe. Good well. Yeah. Speaking of de-radicalized, you got his multiple, I think, three documentaries where he talks to the Westboro yes. Baptist yeah. Church. The first one in particular was very, very good at the time it was on. It was the first, I think, that had really had that sort of access to them. Yeah. And them letting show some of the weird stuff, like 
just the bit where he's like going through the signs I can vividly remember like they've basically got like a shed full of all the signs they take to process and it was just like Elton John fag and stuff like that on them like you'd think quite niche ones to be taken to protest but they had them all ready to go just in case Presumably just if Elton John performed anywhere near their area. What gets me is they have all these signs, like, explaining the mechanics of sodomy in graphic detail. And they, like, hand these to their four-year-olds and they're like, I hope that the gay messaging doesn't penetrate the fragile minds of our little children. Of course there was... yeah. And it's just like a diagram of how to penetrate an anus. Like, <laughs> they were really fixated on the mechanic. Well, Fred Phelps in particular, the patriarch of the family, was just absolutely fixated on it. I mean, that's been a yeah, hyperfixation. He, he's of like the, the American, American version of that. Uh, for a century, you know. Uh, yeah, he's like the American version of that. Uh, they eat the yeah. poo poo guy mm, from like yeah. Nigeria. Yeah. Right? <laughs> really weirdly obsessed in detail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is so fucking weird. Just their whole thing. Mm. It's like, how 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 does anybody such, get into this? It's like, such it's an like... American thing, though, to take this extreme view and turn it into a profit stream to make all your kids, all your many oh, yeah. kids, train as lawyers. Like they had no choice in it. It's like you're going to study law, then to essentially try and provoke people into doing stuff that you can sue the fuck out of them for. Oh yeah. <laughs> At least one of their daughters has been de-radicalised now and is uh, making documentaries about how J.K. Rowling... I was going to say, yeah, there's such a bleak trajectory. Podcast, sorry, she's making podcast She was someone who obviously was was in these documentaries and clearly had just a little bit of tension with the family at that point and was clearly... (laughs) more sympathetic to the liberal outsider of Louis Theroux and that. And you could see her becoming more and more distanced from them in Louis Theroux's and other documentaries on them over time. And then she's just properly split from them shortly after that. You're like, great, that's a happy story. Like, yeah, but she's still a right-wing arsehole. She's just not one of the world's premier right-wing <laughs> arseholes anymore. It's very... It turned out I to was be brought up very to think- incremental progress because she's still like... Yeah. Oh, yes. My neutral, I was brought unbiased... up to think God hates fags, but they didn't tell me about the transit. <laughs> like, literally, a new shtick is like, yeah, I've made this amazing documentary that looks at all sides in the debate and declares it as a massive <laughs> witch hunt against J.K. Rowling, who was right about everything. Why won't you listen to it and give it a I fair hearing? I believe it's hearing? called yeah. Witch Hunt of J.K. Yeah. Rowling. Yeah. Oh, God, that's just bleak. That is bleak. It turns out that a, yeah. even it seems a, a step like... to the left from one of the most right-wing families in America is well, still pretty fucking right-wing. I haven't listened to the podcast. I won't listen to the podcast. But I read an interview or two with her about it, and you can see what's happened is she's been de-radicalized to a fairly large extent from her past views and probably feels a bit of anger and shame towards what she used to be like. But she also remembers all the flack she got over the years for being part of that Phelps sect. And then she's sort of glommed on to J.K. Rowling being someone people are really going for just for having an opinion. And she's sort of identified with Mm. that, saying things that are unpopular and breaking with the accepted views. So she's sort of identified with that on a surface level and not examined at all, actually, are her views hateful or not? And just made the yeah. whole thing from this kind of flawed premise that people just need to listen to and understand her views and respect them when most of the people mm. criticising her have listened to her views and do understand them and find them repellent. People She's not think. even going to be someone who's like, oh, you know, I 
but I loved the Harry Potter books, or I never quite liked these bits about Harry Potter or the film. Right. Like, no, we thought they were fucking Satanism. Yeah, like, <laughs> they depict magic. It was just gay bullshit. Like, Dumbledore, they, I bet they did have signs. Maybe like, one of the first things she did was read Harry Potter after she got de-radicalized. She was like, I, Harry I missed Potter out on this as a kid. <laughs> Dumbledore is fucking gay. Wait. That means being gay is good. Yeah, I remember maybe they had, they the had a sign that... about Princess Diana in the first documentary. They had a picture of her and it read, Royal in Hell Whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, wow, very good. Uh, just, how do you fuck up Duncan on the Royals that badly, for starters? <laughs> Those are the ones I've watched recently, I think. Mostly the ones where he talks to mad right-wing racists. Oh, let's talk about the boar one a little bit before you wrap up, actually. Okay, that is yeah. one of my favourite um, ones, the Nor- South African Lauren Disorder one. in Johannesburg, it was called. From... Oh, no, 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 that's no, no, no that's, that's his South second that was, yeah, I was going to mention that earlier, game, actually. Like, no, it was before that, surely. I was going to mention that earlier, actually, and they, yes, he did go to Aus- go to South Africa, Australia, same shit, <laughs> and just yeah. film all these right-wing cranks, but at the same time, he no, then went back there a few years later and made a documentary about actual multiracial South yeah. Africa as it is currently yeah. constituted but today. This, yeah, the, the first one was in 2000 already, post-apartheid, of course, but literally it was like Eugene Terra Blanche, who was obviously super Murdered notorious on his farm, white apparently, supremacist, in 2010. non-royal, in hell whore, Eugene Terra Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> delighted that he was murdered. Yeah, that's a, do we know about his murder? What went down with that? Who who uh, killed him? Let me him? find out so I can maybe ret- Blix? Was it the Blix? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean it probably was, but I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. On the balance <laughs> of probability, it likely was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm just trying to find out because a couple of people were charged with his murder, but I'm trying to see what happened from that. No, no, yeah, no, actually, he was by two of his black employees. <laughs> they just had enough of his shit. Like, That's a tough. Yeah. Gig. That's he a was... tough gig, by the way. I've had yeah. some bad jobs. Hacked but and I, beaten to death. Yeah, that's literally with, like, like working, doing media labour for about a black people. That is famous around the world for wanting everyone that looks like me dead. <laughs> yeah, it would be like your boss is Michael Fassbender in 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> yeah, so he was hacked and beaten to death by these two guys. I assumed that funny. it would just be like a botched robbery of his farm. I think that's what like, it was originally on, reported as and investigated as. <laughs> he was napping. <laughs> it was like, He was beaten to death around noonies. Fuck it, he- <laughs> oh, what a shocker. He thought that black people should work for no pay. What? Who could have anticipated that Eugene Terrablanche would believe in a system where <laughs> black people do lots and lots of labour for zero income? <laughs> oh, God, the murder took place amid a racial controversy in South Africa involving the singing of a song by ANC youth leader Julius Malema. The song being Shoot the Boar. That was a controversy like <laughs> last week as well. There's a video nice. of someone singing that and all the right wingers around the world were like, oh, what if he was actually singing about shooting the black people? What what then, eh? He didn't do that and the context changed. Reverse racism. But, yeah, like, boom. <laughs> I, I love that that's just a ready-made controversy <laughs> that happens every fortnight, seemingly. Oh, sure. <laughs> Wait, what? So it's got the thing on the Wikipedia page from his daughter, B. 
Oh, okay. I thought this was one of the workers' daughters no. who said this, but apparently his daughter said that they hadn't been paid, but it wasn't his fault. It was just because he couldn't get his banking in order before the Easter weekend. But the white man is so superior, apparently, but he can't get his banking in order. <laughs> and that an arrangement had been made to pay them after the weekend. She stated that he had enjoyed a good relationship with his employees. If you see this guy in the Louis Through documentary, it becomes pretty clear that any quote-unquote good relationship that this guy has with anyone is based upon obedience and fear. Yeah. <laughs> because this is not the kind of guy you have friendly exchanges with. He gets apoplectic at Louis Through within about 30 seconds of him starting to interview <laughs> him. So they had a good relationship, apparently. He had a good relationship with the two workers who murdered him, which had been strengthened by their work with animals on the farm. <laughs> Clearly, it was a great relationship. Chris Malangu's announcement to other farm workers that he was now their An boss fueled suspicions sense. that the murder was politically motivated. <laughs> Free him. <laughs> Free Chris Malangu. So yeah, the ANC were like, we will consider a moratorium on singing the song about murdering boars in the wake of this. <laughs> we've con- we've con- okay, we've considered it. Never mind. No, they, they <laughs> we've considered they, it and it's a bad idea. They give a temporary ban for it. A temporary ban on the yeah. singing of the song. No singing like an, an, an hour week, of silence. <laughs> have, it, have a minute silence between uh, renditions of it. <laughs> Just checking for two. Yeah, fucking Malangu got sentenced to prison. The other man accused in the case acquitted of murder due to a lack of forensic evidence, but was found guilty of breaking in. Wait, what? Malangu claimed he had been raped? What, by, by Eugene Terrible? It's not really clear on Wikipedia, but it fuck? sounds like he's raised that late in the trial. So they've basically said they've not been able to consider it because he didn't say it at the time. What the fuck? Wow. Terrifying guy. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Eugene yeah. Terra Blanche. Glad he got murdered. Yeah. yeah. But that documentary is hilarious. Like I mentioned earlier, the fact that Louis Vru keeps meeting multiple actual veterans of the Third Reich. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he meets one old German guy and he's like, and Louis's like, what's he saying? And the South African guy's like, Oh, don't mind him. He's just uh, an old Luftwaffe type. You know, he's from the old school. <laughs> <laughs> he's talked about it like, it's just natural. You know, just these uh, these guys who are just, you know, they're just a little bit, they're, they're traditional. They're a little bit conservative in their beliefs. You know, they're in the Luftwaffe. <laughs> and then he goes to another rally and the Boer group have invited a representative of, I believe, the AFD, which is a far-right German group. I think the AFD now they've done the kind of the Thomas Robb New Labour we're legitimate kind of fucking yeah. <laughs> Marine Le Pen kind of thing. But back in the day they were much more explicitly like we want to bring the Third Reich back. Anyway, so this German guy speaks at the rally and afterwards Louis asks the guy about him. He's like, was he German? And I think this guy's younger so he may not literally have been in the Third Reich. But the guy who organised the rally is like, Yes, yes, uh, yes, he's from the AFD. Uh, you know, I don't agree with all his views, but I think it's important to provide a platform to that. Louis's like, oh, that's interesting. Why are you distancing yourself from his mm. views? Because I couldn't understand a word that he said. And the guy's like, oh, well, you know, uh, I-, I don't agree with him on everything. And Louis's like, well, what kind of things do you say? And he's like, well, uh, at one point there was a... Uh, 
a racial comment. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point, ju- just just the one, and yeah, it just becomes increasingly apparent that yeah, the main thing about being boor is just being white. Yeah. Throughout the documentary, they all give these wooey, fucking phony baloney explanations for how it's all about your cultural heritage, but it becomes increasingly apparent that it just means Gosh, white. Imagine basically. living in a white supremacist settler colonial society that uh, genocided and usurped the uh, indigenous population. That'd be crazy. Uh, speaking of which, they don't like all white people, though, because they do hate the British. Oh, sure, because, yeah, uh, yeah. They had that little war. We, we did put them in concentration camps. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this film makes you, like, well, the British Empire got a... <laughs> Maybe the British Empire had a point with its destruction of these particular... <laughs> colonist on <laughs> colonist people. violence is fine. Well, on that note, <laughs> endorsing the British Empire. Anything it's else we got in a few years? <laughs> yeah. Rule Britannia. Anything else on Lutheru? That we want to say. I think we had a pretty good chat. Obviously, we didn't cover everything. He had a very long career. But oh, it's good. I forgot that Nick Broomfield, another preeminent British sort of posh guy wandering <laughs> through the wilderness of weirdos, yeah. sort of documentary maker. He's got two documentaries about Eugene Terrablanc. Terrablanc, rather. I, th- I might have seen the first one, The Leader, His Driver, and The Driver's Wife. I'm not sure I've seen His Big White Self. His Big White Self. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Keith Allen documentary on the Phelps family that came out very soon after Louis Theroux's. It was almost a reminder of why Louis Theroux was quite good at what he did, because Keith Allen kind of starts out doing the same thing in a louder and more obnoxious way, and then quickly gets so obnoxious that it's like, who's this prick? And they might be the actual Phelps family, but they've kind of got a point. What if Louis Theroux uh, was a cockney who did coke? <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to believe he's shocked and appalled by everything the Phelpses do, but we know full well he's mates with Eddie Marsan and Alex James from Blur. So he's used, he's used <laughs> most, to hanging out with the, some most of the worst people on the planet. Shocking. Yeah, as Robert Lindsay said, Eddie Marsan has extreme right wing views. <laughs> One of the all time great tweets. Right. Okay. Let's call it a day. Yes. It's been good. Yeah. I like bro how you got this. Jay, you know you did a shit with this. Hey, I have the clock to got the kill up. Stitches on the map. All that shit them niggas doing ain't gonna do nothing. But-